Welcome to the Hot Coffee Podcast with your hosts, Belinda Weaver and Kate Toon. In each 20-minute episode, we'll be sharing the secrets of successful copywriters, including copywriting tips, shortcuts, writing resources, interviews, and laughs, all focused on helping you to become a better copywriter. My name is Belinda Weaver, and this is my regular co-host, Kate Toon. Hello. Now, today, we're very excited to have Valerie Koo on the Hot Copy Podcast. If you don't know Valerie already, she's a very well-known Australian author. She's founder and national director of the Australian Writers' Centre. She's a journalist, she's a keynote speaker, and she's host of not one, but two podcasts. So You Want to Be a Writer with Alison Tate, and So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Melissa. Great to be here, Kate and Belinda. Thanks so much for joining us, Valerie. Now, did we miss anything out there? No, I think you pretty much covered it. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a long list, I know. <laughs> so let's let's jump in because I know our listeners are very keen to hear um, some of your story. So I actually wanted to maybe take a step back because I think some people if they're lucky, are really clear about their life passions from an early age. And we wondered, even though your career has had economics and communications and publishing, have you always been a writer deep down? I think deep down I have always been a writer, but I don't think I admitted it to myself till, you know, quite late in life, till I was a mature age, you know, student kind of thing. And probably in my 20s and uh, mid to late 20s, because even though I loved writing at school, I always did really well at English. I won the English competition like five out of the six years of high school. I never considered writing to be a real job or a real career. I just thought it was something that other people did, other people who wanted to be starving artists in a garret. (laughs) And and I never really thought of it as a viable option. I don't know why. I think it was just, you know, the the way I was brought up or, or just who I was exposed to at the time. I didn't know any writers. So even though I deep down loved writing, would have loved to have been a writer, like I would have loved to, you know, um, worked on a magazine or the, the articles that I read on the weekend in the weekend paper I would have loved to have written them or be involved in them I just never thought of it as an option till much much later in life when I finally believed that it was possible fair enough and how did you feel when you named yourself as a writer I know that's something you and Alison have talked about on your podcast a bit yeah yeah I mean great it just felt right it felt comfortable I felt proud of it Um, you know because I started my career off as an accountant and there's nothing wrong with being an accountant I had a great job and I had a great um, you know I had great studies I learned a lot I had good opportunities but whenever people asked me what I did and I sort of said oh I'm an accountant there was never any real excitement in what I said I don't regret any of those studies however I'm really glad I have that background. It's just that it wasn't the career for me. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with accounting. If it's the right career for you, fantastic. It's just, yeah, but it wasn't the right career for me. It didn't quite sit right. So when I finally discovered that you could be a writer, (laughs) uh, everything fell into place. 
That's really interesting. And um, I think the funny thing is, is I think I could probably name about 20 copywriters who are previously accountants. So maybe it's a natural, <laughs> natural evolution. Maybe it's, it's, it's maybe it's meant to be. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing is about having that um, previous career, because, you know, Melinda and I have talked about this on previous podcasts, her background's in IT and mine, I guess, is a bit more traditional. I was in advertising, but it's good in a way because you can bring all that to your writing, um, especially yeah, as a copy, yeah. especially as a copywriter um you know you can use your your skills for good um in the writing that you do um so obviously the australian writers center is is huge and has uh campuses in three states and students from all over the world um you must be pretty proud of that and how did it all start why did you decide to create the writers center I decided to create it, well, 10 years ago now, because um, I wanted to create the kind of writer's centre that I wish had existed when I was exploring the world of writing. Because when I was an accountant and I was, you know, dipping my toe in the water and just doing little courses here and there, just to see what kind of writing I liked and whether I liked it at all, I I went to lots of different writer's centres, lots of different types of courses, and they all really varied in terms of quality and delivery and consistency and some of them were really good and some of them were not good at all they were quite bad (laughs) and um, what I wanted to create was the kind of writer center that I would have liked to have gone to that had consistency in all the courses but also and quality in all the courses so there was a a certain level of excellence I guess because I came from the corporate world I was expecting a certain level of professionalism which I wanted my writer center to deliver I didn't want it to be some you know a a little a little writer center in a cottage or an old church with somebody who didn't really have very much experience teaching teaching the courses I wanted to create the the ultimate writer center in a sense. Well, that sounds amazing because I think we all do that. I think when you've got that fire in your belly to create something that helps people, whether it's just, say, copywriting services or copywriting courses or anything that you want to do, if you do it with the goal of creating the best possible experience for the people who are going to give you some money, you, you can't really go wrong. So I, you're very well known, Valerie, and to give our listeners some perspective on the journey that you've taken, have you had a lowest point or maybe a big mistake in your career? And importantly, how did you bounce back from that? That's an interesting question. I think that um, I realised that when you're in a low, you it's always going to be temporary. I don't really think of them as lows now. I just think of them as a normal ebb and flow of running a business. And the same goes with life. You know, sometimes you have some setbacks in life, whether they're, you know, personal issues or, or health issues or relationship issues or whatever. Uh, I think that you, you, you get to a stage where you realise, you know what, that's just part of the ebb and flow of life. So you try not to actually think of it as as a, as a low point. Yeah, you had a tough day, but the next day is going to be, you know, okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that sense of perspective is really important. Do you, Kate? Is that how you view I, it as well? I do, and, and uh, this, I'm sure this is someone else's quote, but my dad always says, I always quote my dad on these podcasts, and, and then I found out that the quotes that he's been given aren't actually his. <laughs> he's found them on the <laughs> But he always says, um, you know, that you should handle your highs gracefully, uh, gratefully and your lows gracefully. And I think that's, you know, true. You've got to kind of, you know, try and tread the middle line and not let anything affect you too much because it will 
probably all be over in a couple of days. Um, and that kind of leads to the next question, really. I mean, um, we've talked about your successes so far, but can you think of a particular moment where you felt you'd had a really great success or things were going really, really well? I suppose it would be most recently, it would be now because we've just celebrated the 10th birthday of the Australian Writers' Centre. And honestly, thank you. And honestly, I would not have believed 10 years ago that we would still be going. Well, not that I, I guess I didn't even think about it. And so to fast forward 10 years and to have grown from, a, you know, six students in our first class, I remember all six of them, uh, and to over 26,000 students now is something that, you know, you have to think about and reflect on and kind of go, that kind of worked out okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not too yeah, that's bad. Awesome. Wow, <laughs> God, that's, that's really impressive. 26,000, so that's from all over the world. Yeah. Fantastic. Good on you. Well, we know you as a rather prolific writer. You're, um, you're often in various online and offline papers as well as doing your own blog. And, you know, you seem to have an intensely busy schedule. I often wonder if you have like Hermione's time turner. But how do you, <laughs> how do you produce all these words maybe without burning out, losing your creative focus? I think you need frameworks because I think what happens when you have a lot on, you start getting, you start feeling overwhelmed when you haven't thought things through. But if you have a structure or a plan to approach the way you write that particular article or the way you write that website or the way you deal with that particular client or the way you even, you know, write a, a longer piece, perhaps a fiction, if you have some structure and frameworks and you work that those things out, then you take away a lot of the uncertainty and you end up just following those structure and frameworks and it's comfortable for you to do that. You know that in order to achieve X, you just need to do Y. So I think it's important to start thinking about those structures and frameworks early on because it, it, counterintuitively, those structures and frameworks actually set you free in a sense. I agree. Kate and I are both process nuts. Isn't that right, Kate? <laughs> totally, yeah. And that, that leads on to the next question of, um, you know, your routine. Like, what, what does a day look like for you? Do you have specific times that you write? Do you block out um, periods to do certain tasks? Uh, the routine is a little bit not as structured <laughs> as it should be because I do tend to do speaking and traveling. So, for example, this weekend I'll be, you know, traveling to another state to go to speak at, a, at an event and then I'll be traveling straight from that state to get another state to work on a project. So the travel does stuff up the routine a little bit. And when you are traveling, you really need to make the most of, you know, your time just before you board the plane, <laughs> the time in the car to the airport, that sort of thing. But when I'm at home or when I'm in Sydney, yeah, it's really important for me to have those structures in place to make sure that I go to the gym, to make sure that if I've got a um, deadline in two weeks, then I've sorted all my interviews and research out, you know, in the two or three weeks before that, that, that I have everything organized so that I can just sit down and write 
out well before the deadline and so on. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not a routine that, that means every day follows the same routine, but it's kind of a routine in order to achieve a particular goal. That makes sense. For me, I like to have a hot cup of tea. I have a, I have to have a clear desk and a hot cup of tea. <laughs> I need a big coffee and a clear desk. I, I like to clean my desk regularly throughout the day. So maybe that's a procrastination thing as well, though. So I don't know. Oh, maybe- yes. I, I suffer from the same thing. Yeah. Which, the next question, what are your big distractions? Oh, have you met my cat, Rex? <laughs> <laughs> White fluff perfection. Walk- I just walk past him and half an hour later <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've realised that I'm not doing my work and that I'm just playing with him and I'm just patting him and I'm just admiring him. <laughs> and so I have four pets and they're all big distractions, in particular my two cats who, you know, I just look at them and I want to go take photos of them. It's, it's crazy. So I have to stop myself and pull myself away and and make sure that, you know, I don't do that too often. Otherwise, all day is spent just um, kissing my cat. Well, that, yeah, that explains saying. your Instagram feed as well. <laughs> yes. I, I have a dog called Pompomoose who is slumbering at my feet at the moment and I do take regular breaks to stroke him and love him. But I think that actually, you know, encourages my writing flow and makes me a better writer. That's what I believe. Uh- of course it does yeah it gives you good vibes good vibes um so like you're obviously a seasoned writer i think we're allowed to say that without that sounding rude um uh, but lots of our listeners are at the beginning of their journey and and just starting out so do you have any uh, tips for new writers or copywriters what would they be Number one, believe that you are a writer. Again, it's a matter of owning it. So owning it in the bio on your website, owning it in the bio on your Twitter profile, owning it when you meet people and say, you know, and and introduce yourself and explain what you do. Um, Number two, always look to improve. Never be so precious about your work that you can't take feedback or that you think that, you know, you can't get better. We can all get better. Even writers who have been writing for 30 years can get better. So always look to improve. Whether that's through, you know, getting feedback from an editor or a client or a, um, or, or through a course or whatever, you don't necessarily have to take on or even believe all that feedback, but be open to it because you never know what you might learn, and. Um, and also understand and, and that you need to treat it like a business if you want to make money from it, of course. If you're just doing it as a hobby, helping out a few friends here and there, that's that's fine. Just treat it as a hobby. But if you want to make money from writing, I am of the firm belief and have always been of the firm belief once I got into the world of writing that you don't have to be poor to be a writer. You can earn a lot of money as long as you treat it like a business and treat it you know, seriously. I think oh, I couldn't. Great I tips. couldn't agree with that bit more. And I think I think you've hit something quite a nerve there. That um, I think a lot of new copywriters takes them a while to get their head around. You know that it's not necessarily about sitting in a garret eating grapes, waiting for inspiration <laughs> to to strike, or you know taking long walks on the beach while you think about things. I mean, it's that's a nice idea, but quite a lot of, of writing, whether it's copywriting or or writing books and articles, is is hard work. You know, it's sitting at your computer and plug it away and until you you crack it you know uh so i think that's i think that's a really great point 
Yeah, definitely. Like, don't wait for the jobs to come in. Build yourself a spreadsheet, set yourself some targets, just like you would, you know, in a normal corporate job, say. And go if you if you decide you're going to earn X thousand dollars per month, do whatever it takes to earn X thousand dollars per month. That's yeah. right. And I think that framework that you were talking about earlier would really help with that. It, you know, bringing structure to your to your writing, whether you're writing for yourself or other people, is critical to reaching those kind of targets. For sure. Awesome. Well, thanks very much, Valerie. That was great. I think um, I think all our listeners are going to really appreciate kind of peeking behind your screen um, to see how you approach it because you are incredibly busy and you do produce a lot of amazing work. So it's been a real pleasure and we're very, um, uh, very grateful that you made some time for us today. You're most welcome. So um, in the show notes for the show, we'll have a lot of um, links to your website, the Australian Writers' Centre and all your social media platforms. Is there a particular place where people can always find you? If you're interested in the Australian Writers' Centre, just go to writerscentre.com.au. But um, the thing that I've been dabbling a lot in lately has been on Instagram, actually. So I'm at Valerie Koo on Instagram, or you can just search for me on Facebook because... um, I'm spending a bit of time there. That's a form of procrastination as well. I've just discovered Instagram. I'm like four years late, I think. I don't know what it is, but I've just got into it myself. So I'm going to go and follow you and you have to follow me back, okay? Because I've only got about six followers. Excellent. You'll you'll see the the cats, the beautiful cats. Cats. You might see see a bit of pompamoose, Valerie. I'm a dog person, I'm afraid. But hey, I'm sure you can still get one. (laughs) Cool. Thanks ever so much. That was great. Thank you. That's all we have for you today. Uh, Join us uh, next time on the Hot Copy Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Your review will help other copywriters find us. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. Until next time, happy writing.